0: The Seahawks post-game show is brought to you by Beacon Plumbing. Stop freaking, call Beacon. Virginia Mason Franciscan Health. The Seahawks official medical services provider. And Quantum Fiber, internet built for what's now and what's next. Once again, here's Michael Bumpus. Not the
1: result that you wanted from your Seattle Seahawks. They lose to the Los Angeles Rams, 30-13. to Geno Smith, 16-26, 112 yards, one touchdown. Kenneth Walker, Walker carried the ball 12 times for 64 yards. DK Metcalf had three for 47. Will Dissey right behind him, two for 17. Defensively, Bobby Wagner led the charge, 19 tackles, one TFL. He had a Jenna Nwosu who had two tfl's of his own this defense could not cover the middle of the field the offense had moments where they looked good but couldn't get it done near the end of the game. When it comes to third downs, the Rams started off hot. At one point, they were five for five on third downs. They end the day, 11 of 17. The Hawks, two for nine. That's something that you want to see. Uh, total plays Hawks only ran 46 offensive plays, 180 total yards. A rough start to the season. We got a lot to break down when we return. I'll be joined by Robert Turban, Brian Walters, Ray Roberts and Paul Moyer. All that is coming up next along with interviews from Jen Mueller and the coach when he steps up to the podium. That is next on the Seahawks radio network. Welcome to the Seahawks post game show. I am Michael Bums. The Seahawks fall to the Rams 30 to 13, not the start that you wanted, but here's a positive for you. They got some film where they can correct a lot of stuff. That's the way I'm approaching this raves. When you see the score, you watch the play on the field What's the first thing that comes to mind as you get out of here?
2: Well, just, there are a lot of things bumping, and mostly I'm just so, so wildly surprised at the outcome. Uh, I've been around this game a long time uh, here in Seattle, and so I shouldn't be surprised at anything because the National Football League, things like this can happen to you they don't happen to the Seahawks at least it hasn't happened this way to the Seahawks and certainly on opening day in front of a big crowd against a team like the Rams who you know very well uh, and you should be prepared for them Uh, and I think the Seahawks were prepared I just think the execution was off in in a lot of cases and especially on defense just flat unable to stop Stafford from throwing the ball especially in the middle of the field, and we just could not get pressure on him. They might have kept, uh, you know, an extra tight end in to block once in a while, but still, there was not nearly enough pressure, and uh, they didn't have to run the ball very well because they were able to throw so well. And on our side of the ball, we didn't have the ball very much, and when we got it, we couldn't get anything going on first down, which meant third down was third and forever. So I don't know where you start, Bump, other than you look at the film, you just make the corrections. And as I said, it's as the game was winding down. You, you the good thing is, you know, you still have 16 ahead of you here in the regular season. You know, would we be happy for a 16 and one record? Absolutely. Is it going to happen? Well, the likelihood is not. But you're going to win a lot of games this year. But you got to play a heck of a lot better than you did today.
1: Yeah, that's a, that's the good thing. It's it happened week one. So if this were week 9, 10, 11, 12, then I think the urgency would be up. People would panic. People are still going to panic regardless, Raves. That's just how this game goes. Um, <laughs> yes. But there, there, there were some positives in this thing. Kenneth Walker, he looked explosive at times. You see Geno Smith started the game efficiently. Defensively, Bobby Wagner made a lot of tackles. But as you and I know, you need 11 guys moving all together offensively and defensively to keep this thing together so now i feel like raves the the challenge is to be positive these guys to be positive when all throughout the week they're gonna hear guys questioning everything uh whether he's on social media or in the news how do you think these guys approach that Do, do they put the phones down and just go to work what would you do
2: Well, I think that's going to be a lot of it. I think Pete and his coaches are going to go a long way to keeping these guys positive and tell them not to, don't worry about the outside. In fact, you use something like this to say, okay guys, time for us to circle the wagons. Already people are writing us off. It's time to put that chip on your shoulder and let's go back out there and keep playing and making big plays. I think Aside from the corrections you have to make, and there are lots of those, but there's just a lot of physical things that happen today that, you know, you, you expect you're going to do better. And, again, when your starters hardly play at all during preseason, you don't really know how all these guys are going to mesh together until you see them in the game. And in the first half, it looked like, hey, you know, okay, these guys, they're playing pretty well on defense. Yeah, we need to get off the field, but offense looked good as as a year ago. And, boy, in the second half, the the switch just flipped in favor of the Rams. So those are the kinds of things that need to get fixed. Here's what I'm most concerned about right now is your two starting offensive tackles didn't play in the second half or played just very little before they got hurt. That is a huge concern because those two guys played so well a year ago. If they miss any kind of time at all, we saw what happened today. And You got younger guys, not saying they're not try-hard guys. They are, but they're not the guys who were starting. And so when that's the case, uh, you better figure out a way to get those guys healthy and make sure everybody is at least somewhat healthy by game number two in Detroit next week.
1: All right, Raves, tough start to the season, but there are more games ahead. And as usual, get home safely, my friend.
2: All right, partner, thank you.
1: All right, today's game is presented by Lumen, trusted technology partner of the Seattle Seahawks. When we return, we'll hear from Pete Carroll as he steps up to the podium. That is next, the Seahawks fall to the Rams 30-13. to <laughs> Seahawks fall to the Rams 30-13, to not the start that we wanted, but look, you got things to improve on. You got a lot of film to correct. It's going to be a long week for these guys because they're going to hear from everywhere. They're going to hear it Monday through Friday, on the shows all throughout the week. They're going to hear it on social media. I'm looking at the text lines. They're talking about fire everybody. Goodness gracious, <laughs> you would think we just played three months of baseball and the Mariners are like 2 and 20-something. I understand the frustration. I get it. I think the frustration is real. But um, it's a long season, and where do you go from here? Where do you start, Paul Moore?
3: It's going to be a long film tomorrow. We were just talking. I guess There's so many things to correct. Right? And they're all correctable. I, you know, I don't think we – it's not that we lack – uh, personnel uh, were, were young. I mean, the Rams and, and the 49ers are two teams you probably don't want to start defense against a young team. And, you know, this was a complete breakdown in the second half. I mean, we really had three yards other than that last run at the end of the game in, in the second half. They were 11 for 18 on third down. The first drive, they had five third down conversions. So we're getting there. So I'm thinking, okay, the, the reversion to the mean. We're going to get off the field eventually. You got the lead 13-7 until so you're feeling okay. Uh, about it, but what they did to us is um, it's just the little details to this thing. And I, I, I can't throw all of them out there, but I'll give a good example. One of their big runs they hit uh, early on, you had Trey Brown, who was the left corner at the time, and they had a wing look, right? So they had the tight end and they had the wide receiver really close to him off the ball. Both, oh, as I almost break that, both of them blocked down. They blocked down. Actually, one the wide receiver actually blocked Bobby Wagner, who tried to come underneath that, which I would have too, because I should have had somebody outside. To, you know, Again, not to call Trey too much on this one, but Trey was 15 yards downfield uh, uh, since high school. Man, you, you got both guys blocked down. Your guys are the replace and the run game. I mean, it's, it's all of a sudden that pops. Now, I will say the positive. They They, they ran 40 times for 92 yards. I mean, that's, we, we, we played really good run defense. But we got to shore up things in the sec. And it's not even the sec. Everybody's going to jump on the secondary and the linebackers and the pass defense. We had one quarterback hit. I think the other one you guys said was a flea flicker. I, look, it, it takes both. You've got to get pass rush. If you don't, then in your playing zones, the Rams are fantastic at working behind the linebackers. And in the secondary, you saw that all day long. They worked the middle of the field, middle of the field, deep behind us that's the weakness of zone defense well the way how do you combat that well you get pressure we didn't get pressure um so it'll be a this will be a great training film for tomorrow and it'll be a long day and i think tell the truth monday is going to be a, a tough a tough day
1: all right i'm gonna go to my receiver here because the middle of the field was wide open and something tells me that you might have seen something what you got to be wall
4: you know the Rams came and they had a great game plan on third down, especially, you know, especially at the start of the game. Didn't seem like we could get off the field as the Rams just kept marching. And what I saw is a lot of they move their receivers around a lot. There was a lot of motions, a lot of bunch formations and crisscrossing at the line of scrimmage and and making the Seahawks kind of play soft and defensive and, and sit in their zones. And and when you do that when when you have, you know, three good receivers out there, they're going to find those holes and, and as as. You bite on one crosser, then another one. You know. Let me hop in there, you, yep, yep. Walt. Let I
1: me mean cut you off. We got Pete Carroll at the podium now.
5: Fitting start for us. Um, the Rams did really well. They did. They took care of the ball and did a nice job. And uh, you know, I have a lot, a lot of respect. Uh, For Sean and the job that he does, and they did a heck of a job today. Um first half, um, you know, we had the ball four times and we we got in scoring position. We didn't get our touchdowns out of the drives, but uh we missed a field goal and and it felt like like we were moving and we were in control of that part of it. But the second half we just couldn't get any first downs. We couldn't make make the ball go. And uh it got harder as the game went on and we didn't do well. The other side of the ball, it was the third down. Disaster for us, you know, they're 11 for 17 and and uh, it's a great job by Stafford. I mean, he's he's just that good But we gave him opportunities. We, we didn't get heat on him at all and uh, we needed to generate it. So I, I look at um, a little bit of uh, you know, Misjudgment on my part that you know that we would be able to do things We've been doing and we'd be able to play a good football game And it didn't work out that way. We needed to pressure him more and find ways to get the heat on them uh, To cover him up and get off the darn field um so, uh, this is a really, it's a really challenge. It's a big challenge for us to, to, to bounce back and look what we're going against. You know, we're going to go against one of the hottest teams in the world right now, uh, coming up in Detroit we'll see how that goes. But, uh, now it's about us. And, uh, digging back into it because we, we've done a ton of the right stuff all the way throughout I've been telling you that how the, the preparation has gone but it when it matched up and it came time uh, we weren't able to get off the field like we like we thought we, we would be able to and, and so the game goes their way and they did a nice job of taking care of it didn't give us a football other than the, the block uh, kick and uh, that's, a, that's that's enough to play a good football game if they if they could take care of the ball they did so uh, we got a lot of work to do Update yep. on uh, Charles Cross and Lucas. Yeah, Charles got a uh, like a sprained uh, big toe, and uh, the X-rays didn't. From what I heard, X-rays didn't look bad, um, but we'll, we'll see. But he, you know, he felt something, and so we had to look at him. Uh, Abe's knee just acted up on him again. He doesn't have a knee injury; um, he just it's the same knee that we rested him on during camp, and it just got really sore during the game, and he couldn't fire the way he needed to, and so we had to get him out of there. So I, I don't know what to tell you about that one. The, half, though, you, the first half, you guys seemed in pretty good shape. I mean, you had the lead. It like thing. that. Yeah, it, it felt like we had, you know, kind of felt that we gave up the first drive, and then we got off the field the, the rest of the uh, the opportunities in the in the first half. And so it's thirteen to seven, and it looked like we were in a regular football game, and, and we we're ready to go. So we came out to go for it and to go for the win, you know, and to play good football and be aggressive and all of that. Um, but we we didn't execute the way that we had counted on, and and, uh, and so. You know, we, we didn't finish it the way we need to and so that, that's it's really obvious and, and why that happened You know, we got to go back to work and figure it out see what we can do to help our guys And that's why I, I have I have a, a big role in this I've got to make sure that i'm helping our guys on defense and making sure that uh, the, the the assessments that we make on offense, you know, we can count on better than we did. We just didn't execute like we thought we could. If only two quarterback hits on 38 dropbacks. backs when you attribute the lack of pressure. To? You know, we, we didn't pressure. We didn't blitz a lot. We, we did some. And, uh, but he, he got rid of the football really well. And we needed to, it, it's all aspects. We didn't cover him as tight as we needed to to get him to hold the football. And we didn't rush him enough to disrupt him. And, and he's a great thrower. And if you give him that kind of time, he can tear you up. And he did. You know, he had a great day today. The offensive
6: issues in the in the in the second half, in particular, I
5: guess, It's with, with starkly different to me the way we played the first half and second half. And, and um, we we're in there talking about it right now, you know, trying to figure out how, how it got it got so uh, you know so erratic. We weren't we weren't on it. We didn't convert and we didn't get get the ball moving and we didn't run the ball. We didn't do anything. We did, did nothing in the second half. And uh, we were trying. We were calling the stuff and we had things that we thought we could do and it, it, we weren't able to get it done. How hard is that for an offense when both tackles go out in quick succession like this? You know, it's about as hard as it gets, you know, when both guys go, you know, and, and uh, we'll see how, how Stone and, and Jakey did. But, um, you know, you could see at the end we were in, we, we were a little bit, protected. What were your thoughts on the, the personal fouls of your team? Pardon me? What was your thought on the personal fouls from your team at the end of the game? I thought we, we lost our, our minds a little bit, and, and uh, we'll talk about that. Um that shows you the frustration and based on the expectations that we were going to be better than we not in that situation, and uh, I, 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 I don't like seeing this look like that it looks terrible, and uh, but we'll talk about that. I'm, I'm not. That's that's not um, something that I'm concerned about, and you know, we got to not be in that situation and we're going to make better decisions than that.
7: I don't know what you're doing during when the guys are coming out pregame, but did you pay attention to Bobby's
5: ovation he got? Matter of no. fact, I did. Yeah, I I, I thought that was amazing. Um, I felt it, you know, I felt the, the response of the fans to him. I think he played a really good ball game today. I, I, I couldn't tell all of it, but I thought he played really well today, and it was meant a lot to him. I thought he did a really good job of being poised about it like you would hope and expect he would, um, playing the, his old team and all that kind of stuff. But uh, um, I thought that was an extraordinary statement by our, our fans of appreciation and love for the guy that and, you know given so much to this program and all that. And he deserves every bit of it. And, and I thought it was a perfect moment. So, Jordan in his first game back, I he did pretty good. You know, it seemed like a, I got we got to see how we did coverage-wise um, because they, they did hit a lot of stuff inside, and we played a lot of zone stuff and mixed mixed our zones up, and uh, we weren't able to make, get in front of many balls. You know, but I, I don't know. You know. I got to look at the film. Can you be out there though. Yeah, great. Accomplishment. Was a great accomplishment. We saw we rested him a little bit. Um, you know he added up some plays and so we, we got him out of there kind of what we were thinking would happen um so uh you know devon was ready to play and, and all that but um it was, it's a great accomplishment for him to get back did you get a, the apparently they called on trey brown on the third down did you get a, a good look at that at all no or? i didn't uh, did you guys i mean i like that like some information on it. what did you think of his day trey brown's day um, I, I don't i gotta look at the film with how the team responded all off-season increases, how surprised were you? I'm really surprised. Yeah, I am surprised, and, and I'm disappointed that um, that we weren't cleaner. You know, I mean, this thirteen to six, we, you know, it's no big deal. We're we're in pretty good shape. We moved the ball well in in, in the first half, and. Uh, really felt like we should be able to take the next step and take control of the football game, and I and, uh, thought we were in great shape to do that. It, uh, it's shocking to me now that that's, we weren't able to take take advantage of that. You know, I, I don't care what the score is at halftime, You know, but I like being ahead, which we were, and I like the fact that we moved it. We Also, they scored on the first drive, and they didn't score on any other drive, so we felt like we had a real shot. I don't think we were cocky at all. We surely didn't talk like that, but um, we didn't respond well enough. Tyler was examined for a concussion, but yeah, he was fine. He was examined, but he was fine. Um, Maffei was had his knee looked at, but he he finished the game, so he was all right. That's all we had. Anything else? Okay. All
1: right, that was head coach Pete Carroll. Marcus Trufond has blessed us with his uh, his presence. My man, two three, getting it done. Yeah, guys. So uh, a lot a lot to correct there, right? He said, look, we didn't pressure enough. Um, he was kind of disappointed at the end of the game with how you handle the loss, but he says that stems from expectations to win. just not a lot to be really happy about in the second half, I think after the sacks and whatnot, total three yards that's something I don't think I've ever seen in seven years of covering the Seahawks. I don't think I've ever seen anything like that. Um, so you know we'll give you a little bit more. I'm gonna get the guys involved. we're gonna have a lot to talk about, but um, yeah, you guys stay tight lots more to come on the Seahawks radio Network. You are listening to the Seahawks post-game show. I'm Michael Bumpus with the squad. Let's pause 10 seconds to give our network stations a chance to identify themselves here on the Seattle Seahawks radio
3: network. Seahawks football all season long on KIRO Seattle, KIRO FM HD2, Tacoma, Seattle.
1: Let's go to the podium. Gino is speaking live.
8: Stalled. There's some things that we can do better. And, uh, you know, it's going to be important for us to fix those things moving on, you know, into the future. What did you see or feel to make you think the Rams wanted to uh, come? By the score. Just by the score. I mean, they went out and they executed. They, they did what they were supposed to do. Uh, it was a, a tough environment. Our fans were rocking. It was, it was loud out there, and it wasn't easy. But uh, they found a way. And so I think that's something that, you know, obviously we, we'll see those, those guys again. But, um, you know, it just looked like, you know, they were playing harder. And uh, that's why they won. Sorry, if sorry. What happened? Uh, man, that was a big disappointment, but uh, overall, just we didn't execute, you know, and that's something that we'll be able to look at on film, figure out a way to get better from it. But, uh, you know, just from, from my vantage point, without watching the film, it just felt felt like we didn't execute to the best of our ability. Uh, this
4: one's a bit off topic, but there was 14 black quarterbacks who started in week one.
8: I'm just wondering what that means to you to be part of that. Uh, it's a... Uh, Tremendous honor, um, you know, just to be able to start, and uh, you know, I guess that's you know, kind of history making, and uh, you know, I mean, I don't know really know what to say about that right now. I'm kind of just stuck on the game, but um, you know, I guess I'll say I'm on it. Anything else? Next Thank you. Thank you guys. Thank you, guys.
1: That was Geno Smith. Our quarterback review was brought to you by T-Mobile, exclusive wireless partner of the Seattle Seahawks. All right, fellas. Geno kept it simple, and, and losses like this. I think the best thing for players to do is keep it simple. We didn't execute. What happened on third down? We didn't execute. Uh, what happened in the second half? We didn't execute. Because honestly, he doesn't have all the answers right now. Uh, you're gonna go ahead and watch the film. And even after he watches the film, you know what he's gonna say, Big Ray? We didn't execute. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I mean and that's what it looked
9: like. I mean if you I mean, in some respects, like you like it's never usually as bad as it seems and it's never as good as it seems. I think Paul, you said when we got down here they rushed the ball Forty times for 90,
3: 92, yards. 92 yards. So take that all day. so
9: you you'll take that all day. But like Paul was saying, that also means that you have the ball, the possession of the ball, a lot. And so then that, that the more times you have the ball, the greater chance you have to score points. So the Seahawks just didn't execute getting off the field a lot of times too on defense. It was, um, it was it was they'd make a big play for a negative gain or no gain. But then they give up a, a big play on second down to mm-hmm. make it third and four, third and one, or whatever, and then they convert to third and four and third and one. So uh, it's just those closing drives on defense and and finishing drives on offense is, is what really kind of started getting at them. Then the injuries, I think, with the tackles made it difficult for the offense to kind of function. Turbo.
10: Yeah, I mean, listen, it was a frustrating game for everybody involved. I mean, obviously coaches, players, fans, you know, even us, you know, watching the game, I mean, they, you know, I – obviously i've been a part of this organization for a little while and it's probably one of the more disappointing losses you know that this team has had but luckily it's early in the season it's the first game of the season and you know i would keep in mind that uh it's it's a divisional game (laughs) usually you split these throughout the season normally you go one and one okay with the teams that you play against within your own division so uh Maybe a surprising loss, but, but, but not quite. Only because the Rams always play us tough. And even, like, historically, even when teams haven't been good necessarily in our division, the teams that didn't necessarily make the playoffs, they've always played us tough. We always play each other tough. And that's around the league when you're playing against teams within your division. So I would keep that in mind. We know each other so much, so well. Uh, how about the familiarity between Shane Waldron and the Rams, right? Being able to make some of those halftime adjustments. I think that's something to look at as well as why, you know, the offense couldn't really get going in the second half. So disappointing loss, but certainly something that we can come back from.
3: Yeah, I I, I don't Who are we in the first half of the second half? The first half I thought would play pretty well. You know, I mean, other than those, the, they converted on a couple of really good third down conversions. That very very first one, their first drive, they had uh, Higby. And he dove, I and mean, it was kind of thrown behind him as well and high. Great catch, extended it. But They had the ball 25 minutes to five minutes in the second half. That's unbelievable. We had 14 plays. Really, we had three yards until that last thing. That is, these are some crazy stats on there. And that, so it's going to feel really bad because of how dominated we were in that second half. I just, again, I'm just keeping my back. I just didn't see this coming. Not after the first half. I really thought we would make the adjustment because they had thrown the kitchen sink at us. A lot of stuff they were doing in the passing game. You know, Bobby Wagner mentioned 19 tackles. He played phenomenal against the run today. I mean, he's a big reason. I thought they were so committed to stopping the run today, and we we did from a statistic standpoint. But, boy, we got to figure out that passing. You know, here comes Bobby Wagner now. But uh, he, he, he's going to be tired. All right, let's go to the
7: podium live. B-Wags is standing by. Uh, it was cool. I mean, um, it's always been love uh, from even the moment I left coming back. I always, um, you know, had a piece of my heart. So um, it, was, it was something that was really special. Unfortunately, we couldn't uh, give him the win.
5: What do you make of what
7: happened today, Bobby? Um, I think the biggest thing is we had to get off the field. Like, third downs were, were really bad. Um, you know, we kept extending the play, and then um, towards the end of the game, we need to make sure that we we keep our cool and, and keep our composure and not um, beat ourselves.
2: With how much you emphasize
0: third downs in particular, all training camp, how surprising
7: the mm-hmm. it? Um, it definitely was surprising. Uh, it's definitely not something that we anticipated or expected, but um, it happened. And, you know, we have a lot more games left, and we will figure it out. Smith
0: came in and told us he thought the Rams played harder, wanted it more.
5: sense
7: that? Um, I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, you know, I'm pretty sure a lot, of, a lot of people wrote them off, said they weren't going to be anything this year. and So coming into the first game, I'm um, pretty sure they was going to be fired up, and especially this divisional game, playing us, um, you know, you didn't expect anything less.
5: Does that worry
7: you for you guys for this opener? Did Say it one more time.
5: Does that worry you that another team won? Not
7: at all. It's, it's one game. Some um,
5: something different about the Rams'
7: run game? They sprinkled in a little bit, 12 personnel. Uh, they ran a lot more like gap scheme, pullers, things of that nature. Um, but I thought, you know, we played it pretty decent. Uh, we just need to get off the field on third down. Even even when the overall results weren't there, is the run defense something I you can kind of take forward and say, okay, we got that part? We've got, we've got yeah, I mean, i got to watch film. It's kind of hard to, to figure everything out right now, but, um, you know, we felt like there's still some leaky yards there in the run game, pass game that we can get better at. We can get better, um, you know, it's, it's the first game, so. Do you,
4: do you think it's a you as a guy who will hold him accountable. Did you say anything to him after the quality that's
7: yeah, we address it. We good. On the third down, bottom was it just were the players in the right position not
5: executing, or was there a lack of identification of the play on third
7: down? Uh we just need to execute. Um they made some some great throws, um, but we could we could do better overall. The whole the whole defense from you know the rush to the linebackers to the secondary, we could all, all do better
4: like they were having a lot of success attacking the middle of the field, especially uh, the first three quarters of the game. On, and those third down opportunities were were they doing similar things that you guys have seen in the past, or were there were some wrinkles in there with the passing game that were a little different from previous um, matchups?
7: They were doing a little. I think they were trying to space us out more. I think they were you know running more routes um, outside of the hash that made us have to um, honor that, which kind of opened up the middle. But uh, we'll adjust. Uh, Bobby, where are some these guys, not to get too far, but next Sunday against
2: Detroit? What are some you guys need to work on this week? Say it again. Uh, coming into Detroit next week, what are some things you guys
8: need to work
7: on? Uh the biggest thing is third down. We need to get off the field. Um, and yeah, uh, I think that's f- just freshly off the field, that's probably what I'd say.
2: You have so many young players.
0: How, what's the messaging on the day like some of the first NFL game they get Is there a message to? Just to, just to off, like you
7: said just one game. I think it's a combination between um, this is the NFL and you're gonna get your you're gonna get their best shot uh, regardless of the record regardless of the team they're going to come back those, those guys get paid too those guys have uh, families too that they're trying to feed and so you need to bring your a game every single time you step on the field um, and so you know you take that but at the same time you understand this is week one. Um, There's, I think, 16 more games left. Um, There's a lot of teams that start off 8-0 and fade to the back. There's a lot of teams that struggle in the beginning and catch fire, um, you know, right before the playoffs. And it's the team that takes their losses and learn from their mistakes um, throughout the course of the season, uh, play better, um, have camaraderie. Uh, That's going to be, I believe, at the end, um, happy with the results. Clearly
1: a disappointed Bobby Wagner there. The Rams scored on their final five possessions while the Seahawks punted four straight times. Only three total yards in the second half. I don't think I've ever seen anything like that. So, yes, that's a negative, but the positive is I don't think we'll see that again this year.
10: You definitely won't. And, you know, the Seahawks are going to come out with a sense of urgency, I'm sure, next week. When they head to Detroit and I know we'll talk about Detroit in that matchup a little bit later on in the show but you know I've always believed whenever Seattle emphasizes something they they, they find a way to truly truly get better at it yeah sometimes you just listen when there, when there's so much excitement and, and, and so much hype and you know first game of the season yeah you just kind of you just kind of draw a blank man you just come out and you know you may, you maybe have a, a good first half and a bad second or a good you know second half and a bad first for us this you know, today it was a really good first half, and then just kind of flattened out in the second half. You know, and uh, sometimes when you're when you're when you're you know so excited about a game, and it's your home crowd, it's the home opener, and there's such high expectations, you can draw a dut. and uh, you know, it just happened today. But that's not something that we're going to regularly see from the Seahawks this season.
4: Yeah, I think Bobby had it right. I mean, it's it's only week one. We can freak out about it all all we want, but you know the. If, if this was a close game, things were clicking, I'm not saying it's a good thing they lost like this, but for the young guys, it's definitely something to learn from because there's so many mistakes out there. So many, you know, misassignments. As he said, the Rams, you know, spread them out a little bit and that's what made the, the, all the holes in the middle. And, and one play comes to mind. Uh, I remember watching it, um, exactly what Bobby talked about. Um, the Rams had a couple guys on the outside wide outs and and the outside guy ran a dig route, which is a 20-yard-in route, and and another guy kind of widened. And Bobby went with the the guy widening to the sideline. And Matt Staff, I mean, he you got to give him credit today. He was he was on point. He was on time. Um, he he could even had better numbers if you know Van Jefferson catches that deep ball. He was wide open, and another one at the end that was just a bit off. But but going back to that play, he threw that ball before the guy was out of the break, and Bobby was chasing the guy to the outside, which opened up this huge hole right there uh, for a first down and that's just well-executed play but stuff that you know the Seahawks have to uh, have to get on top of because that's what they're going to start seeing because the Rams brought a lot of that a lot of crisscrossing a lot of pulling guys off out of their zone and guys filling in behind and and they took advantage of that today.
3: Yeah they you know we went from practice to preseason and the youngsters found out what an NFL game's all about and how they scheme on you. And we, we talked about this too. There's so many coaching points in this. That's so why I said tomorrow's going to be a long film day because there was one where uh, the Trey Brown, when he got hit on that long corner or the deep corner route, uh, you know, they had three guys kind of bunched up. Uh, we weren't on three levels. I mean, you're taught to be on three levels. One guy who's on the line of scrimmage, you got to jam that guy, have to jam him. If you don't jam him and he gets a release, everybody's going to run into each other. But even then, we weren't on three levels. We ran into each other just a little, just enough to stumble him, And, you know, he he trailed on it. So... Yes, tomorrow is going to be a coaching film dream. Uh, not really a dream because it's actually your team that you're going to have to coach. <laughs> uh, but there's going to be a lot of really good things that these guys are going to get to learn from.
1: All right, a hey, lot's more to do when we get back. We're going to break down this loss, man. The Seahawks lose 30 to 13. We got analysis from the guys. That's coming up next on the Seahawks Radio Network. Welcome to the Seahawks post-game show. I'm Michael Bobbis with Ray Roberts, Paul Moyer, Brian Walters, and Robert Turbin. Not a very good game by the Seahawks. Not what we expected, at least. This is the first time in a couple of years that the Seahawks entered this season, and you say, look, you got your quarterback. You drafted this young receiver. You got the number five pick on defense. Didn't see him today, but you bring veterans back. And my thought going into this game was okay, they have the guys to run what they want to run. And as the game progressed, I look at it and I go, okay, they need some more reps together because it seems like everyone's not on the same page. And um, the best and the worst thing about football is that, one, you got you play one game a week, guys get healthy, you do it again. You get one game a week to dissect every little thing that we saw, but that's what they pay us to do because we're analysts, so we're going to dissect it, Paul Moyer. <laughs> um, let's, let's focus on the offense a little bit. Offense. Off-air, we are talking about what we saw earlier. We saw shifts in motions. Did you feel like the Hawks got away from that
3: later on in the game? Well, I think losing both our tackles was an issue. Yeah. Um, yeah and, definitely. and then you got behind, and, you know, now it's, you know, you, you've lost that balance of run to, to pass uh, as well. And are we, are we jumping?
1: Let me jump in there. Moya, we got, got. DK at the podium now. Um.
6: what happened to you guys today at the I mean, in the first half, you see we scored on all drives. Uh, I don't think we punted uh, not one time. And then in the second half, it just seemed like we we hit a roadblock, and um, I just felt like the the Rams just played harder than us. Uh, their defense played harder than harder than our offense, and uh, you know they they reap the benefits from it. What happened
7: with you
5: you
3: and with your still in there
6: of the game? What happened after you? Um, well, I was blocking, and I guess I blocked them a little too hard and uh, pushed them to the ground, and. He got up mad because um, he felt like I blocked him in the back. But, um, I mean, that's just how I play. I, I block every play uh, when I don't have the ball, and I'm never taking a playoff or jogging, trying to take a play off. So that's what transpired. Well, did,
0: did the officials tell you what they thought was sports
6: on sports um, I've seen their coaches yelling at me or saying something to me and their players, and, you know, I let that get to me, and I retaliated. And, you know, the second man always gets called. So just got to be better in that aspect.
0: But Bobby said he talked to you about it a little bit already. No, no, sir. Not yet Gino also said they played harder than you. was that upsetting
6: that,
2: that happened in the opener? Right.
6: Yes, sir. Um, I mean, you never want to see another team or the opposing team, especially somebody, in your, uh, you know, own division uh, play harder than you. But um, I'm pretty sure there's a lot of mistakes, um, you know, that we have to clean up on film. Um, you know, just can't wait to, you know, get back to it tomorrow and fix our mistakes and, you know, practicing and winning always you know takes his bad taste out of your mouth so looking forward to this week do
5: you think that was a matter of maybe some guys taking the Rams
6: lightly given where they're at uh i mean no i mean because any sunday anybody could get beat in this league so um you you never should take anybody lightly um but i just think that you know like i said man they play you harder than us and i felt it out there on the field and y'all probably seen it uh you know watching the game so whenever a team plays harder than you you're you're definitely susceptible to uh, losing You said the first half you guys scored your first three possessions in field goal range on a fourth one. How surprising was it just kind of how dramatically that turned in the second half? Um, I mean, it's not dramatic because, you know, we always expect to go out there and score anytime we have the ball. And, you know, we always, you know, expect our defense to, of course, stop them. Um, But, you know, when things don't go our way, we have to, you know, overcome adversity and start just leaning on each other and not just start going our separate ways Um, because, you know, we always have, uh, you know, the Seattle Seahawks jersey on. Um, and you know the coaches are in it together with us, and everybody in that locker room is in it together. So we can't just start separating. We always got to stick together and play as a team. Anything else? Thank you. Thank
2: you.
1: D.K. Metcalf didn't have the day that he wanted. Did score a touchdown. Did get a penalty. He said, "Look, I blocked a guy like I do every play. I got the coaches and players chirping at me. Um, it's probably a little deeper than what he let it on to be." But uh, that's part of the game, man. That's DK's personality. That's how he plays the game, Big Ray. How many times have we seen DK getting into it with the player and the sidelines? I mean, it's expected. I think it's just it looks a bit worse when it happens in a loss like this. Yeah,
9: the thing that's interesting to me is that the several people have got, come up and said that they've the other team played harder, and I don't know. I don't know if playing harder is why they won. Mm. They, the the they won because they out-executed mm-hmm. the Seahawks, and so if you're saying being out-executed is playing hard, then I agree. Mm-hmm. But I saw dudes playing hard. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? They just weren't. They just weren't making the plays, and they weren't where they supposed. You know, the, the, they were out-schemed or weren't where they supposed to be, and all that kind of stuff. So that that piece kind of, if the team is saying that you weren't playing hard, that kind of bothers me a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because that's about effort and attitude and all that kind of stuff. Because you can play hard and still get embarrassed. Right. You know what I'm saying? But um, so that 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 piece is gonna I'm have to think about that a little bit. But you know, if you think about just the, the whole the whole trickle down effect happens because the Rams dominated the ball. They had the ball twenty more minutes than we did. So about forty minutes to our twenty minutes. They they ran thirty two more plays, which is almost a half an entire half of plays more they ran than than the than the uh than we did. And then they, uh, and then we only—they outgained us four hundred twenty-six yards, one hundred eighty yards. So, like those things, speak to the execution of the Rams, not necessarily them playing harder. Um, and then winning on the third down, they was what eleven for seventeen 11 or for something 17 like that, and,
3: and converted on a fourth down. To right, really, I was saying, and we were
9: what two of
1: something, I think. Yeah, like two, one two for two yeah. and nine
9: on third down for twenty-two percent. So, and uh, I mean, because I don't know that they got outplayed from an effort, physicality, all that kind of stuff. Just, I just think the Rams came in with a great game plan, and usually the team that sticks to their, can execute their play, their game plan the longest, tends to be the team that wins. And you know what's interesting?
1: That. You got me thinking, Big Ray. I, I, that was well said. It made me think, because the Rams had so many guys missing, they knew that they needed to be dang near flawless in their execution, to whereas the Hawks on the other side were like, we got guys. This is go out and ball. And you lose the detail of some things. And that's what Tell the Truth Monday is going to be about, right? All right, get back to the details, right? Yeah. Or when are you supposed to fly to the flat? How are you supposed to take on this block? You have the ability to do it, but you still got to go out and actually do it.
10: Yeah, but what is execution to a certain degree, right? You know, we talk about scheme a lot, right? We're talking about our secondary Well, really, the passing game or pass defense and the struggling, you know, that they went through in this game. And we look at the pass rush and say, well, that wasn't really there for us. Right. Only two quarterback hurries throughout the game. And so, you know, what is execution? I think a big part of that winning one on one matchups. Right. I mean, wouldn't you guys agree with that? Right. I mean, like you can see all the boom, 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 the dig routes and all the stuff. But it's like, man. You know, when you line up against the other guy, all right, the other amigo, I man, you got to win, all right? And did that come down to effort today? Was, was, the, was the one-on-one matchup between you and a Rams defender or a Rams offensive guy, was he just playing harder than you today where you couldn't execute, quote-unquote, the, the, the scheme because you couldn't win the one-on-one battle? Is that, you know, is that what we're talking about I here?
1: think on the outside, one-on-one battles really come to light when you're a man. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's when you really win your one-on-one battle. I think as a receiver, if I'm going up against a zone defense, I know what he's going to do based off his alignment and down and distance and stuff. And I can influence what he's doing. But I think one-on-one battles more consistently happen in the trenches, mm-hmm. honestly, because yeah. that's where there's constant, this is my guy, this is my guy, we're getting out and
9: of I would, And I, I would even say, like, just without seeing the film, but just what I thought I was seeing, mm-hmm. is because the always have so much speed on the outside – The tackles were short-setting that, so you get to them. You get to a speed rusher Mm. before he get up to speed, and that nullifies a lot of that. And they were able to do that, execute their own little individual game plan better than the Seahawks player was able to execute his game plan versus that particular player. And I don't think it was because. Nuoso wasn't trying hard, mm-hmm. or Daryl Taylor wasn't trying hard. Or Maffey, Maffey made a lo- lot of other plays, but not in the pass game. So it wasn't like they weren't trying hard. It's just that in some aspects of the game, just the execution, the the, the commitment to, and the stick to itness of whatever my game plan was going in there. Mm-hmm. The Rams lasted longer in that space than the Seahawks did.
3: And, and there's going to be a bunch of things. Because I, I agree. I, I think the effort, I mean, look, if a guy beats me on a crossing route and I get picked, was that effort? Right. I, I mean, I'm trying. I mean, I didn't <laughs> see us shy away from any hits i thought we played physical Look, the first half we had 15 and a half minutes to their 14 and Mm -hmm. a half minutes in possession the second half again over 20 minutes in possession was that effort you know that we couldn't convert on third down they are the things are steamrolling One thing they did, I need to watch the film and I don't want to call it out too much, but one of the things that's really difficult is if all of a sudden you keep an extra tight end and a running back in there and you got five linemen, so you're keeping seven guys Mm -hmm. inside there and buys a ton of time for the quarterback and then they flood you on one side. Right. Mm-hmm. So so they're working. If you don't recognize that and all of a sudden shift everything over, man, there are holes all over the place because mm-hmm. he's got six seconds to throw the ball mm-hmm. and they're running these deep routes. And you're going, well, how does that happen? I go, because they're only running a three man route and we're not recognizing it. I'm not sure that's exactly what happened. There were at times that was. And we have to adjust. Coaches have to adjust. That's why I said tomorrow is going to be. I think Pete talked about it in his press conference. I got to get involved. I got to make sure I'm giving them all a chance uh, to succeed. Yeah. To
4: me, this, is, this game was all about those one-on-one battles that we were talking about. Because it wasn't like the Seahawks went out there and shot themselves in the foot with the big mistakes. You know, there, there was, I think, one drop pass that was questionable. Um, there was no turnovers. Uh, I think they were sacked twice on one drive. Um, a big drive, but still. So there, it wasn't there wasn't the big errors out there that really lose you football games that you would expect in the NFL. A lot of times, it's decided that you know one big play costs you the game, and that wasn't what it was. It was just the buildup of just these little wins by the Rams over and over again, and just grinded it out against the Seahawks. And a lot of that is the scheme and them executing against everything the Rams. Uh, wanted to do they did you know they had a, a brilliant game plan coming in and they knew how to expose the Seahawks uh, and we saw it and, and you know what I'm, I'm thankful this happens early right we want this we want this kind of game week one where you can see these holes that teams can can expose you versus week 16 week 17 going to the playoffs and you're trying to scramble uh, to fix these
3: things and, and Stafford was phenomenal. He He made some unbelievable throws. And you you guys talked about the one where all of a sudden Bobby was running with the receiver. And then, you know, we didn't adjust on the in route. I go, his anticipation on that was uh, he threw it. And I go, oh, man, why did he throw? I mean, it's great throwing. He's open, but he wasn't open when he threw it. (laughs) So, you know, give give a lot of credit there. And they got to get ready for a toughie next week against Detroit.
1: Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Detroit, they're flying high. They're confident. Mm -hmm. You took down the giant in the NFL. You got to be ready to go say 12s it's time to keep the excitement going you can cheer on the seahawks as they square off against the carolina panthers sunday september 24th at lewin field get your tickets now at seahawks.com slash tickets when we return we'll hear from jaren reed standing by with jen Mueller. that is next the seahawks fall to the rams 30 to 13
2: here's a 52 make it a 57 yard field goal attempt from brett Maher off the right hash mark It gets blocked it's rolling near side. It's picked up by the Seahawks. It's Michael Jackson. Looks to cut back inside. Gets ripped to the ground by the Rams. But a blocked field goal. And like, I see Jaron Reed holding his hand up in the air. That might have been him who blocked it.
1: Jay Reed made some plays. He's standing by with Jim Miller right now.
11: is Pete's message you guys afterward. You
12: know, no how to hear that, you know, we'll get going Monday. Um, we're going to sit this for 24 hours, but we definitely come out and practice next week with a different attitude, uh, communication, and executing our plays.
13: You've been around this for a long time. I know emotions were running high at the end of the game, but what do you tell the guys about maintaining composure?
12: Oh, you know, we got to hold our composure, uh, you know, especially like things that happen. It's always, they don't never see the first man, it's always the second man. But we just got to keep our heads in. You know, when the game is going like that, you know, it's, it's, it's a physical sport. It's a sport played with a lot of aggression, but we got to have controlled aggression. So dealing with that, going to the end of the game, we can't have sloppy play like that. You know, that just looked like we're just going out there trying to just, just make stuff up.
13: Why was it difficult to defend what the Rams were doing in the second half?
12: Um, you know, it wasn't really difficult. We just got to play our game. Like I said, we got to get to a quarterback. That's on us up front. You know, the DBs do a good job, and they make a point one time. We have got to get home. We got to win our one-on-ones, and we got to set the quarterback.
13: What do you think made it easier for Puka Nakua and other wide receivers to get the kind of yardage they did against Stafford? Puka Nakua, the receivers, had pretty good games. Is that I don't know what that is, but.
12: I mean, I'm pretty sure they execu- executed their game playing pretty well. They had it dialed up, and, you know, they just played a good game.
13: The outcome wasn't what you wanted, but the return of Bobby Wagner and what the fans did at oh. the at the beginning of the
12: game. Yeah, Captain Waz, that's our guy. You know, we all love Waz here. Uh, personally, me, I think he's a gold jacket, and I love playing with him.
3: Jaren, how would
12: you describe the passage today? Uh, unacceptable. Uh, you know, we, here. Yeah, i was going to drive back and you know, we didn't get close to him a lot. But, you know, if a guy's getting the ball out that fast, if we can't get it, we got to get our hands up and knock it down so we can get him in longer down the distance where he can't throw the ball off and dump it off that fast.
13: You talk about knocking things down. You did knock down that shield goal attempt. How'd you get there?
12: Uh, we practice practice that every time, I Just did a play call and just drove as hard as I could. I was pretty pissed because the play before they missed a holding call, and, you know, game my clothes off.
13: <laughs> I was gonna say I thought maybe there was a little extra burst there from you yeah, because of that.
12: I was, I was that. pretty
4: pissed.
12: How quickly can you guys turn this thing around? Oh, quick. I mean, it's, it's you know, it's the NFL. Uh, you can't hold your head down one game. This is one out of 17, and we only can play one game at a time. So we can go back. We can watch the film. We're gonna tell the truth to ourselves. We can get coached up. And we can get back to work on Wednesday.
13: And you know that Jay Reed is gonna be part of that coaching up is uh, he called that pass rush unacceptable today. Bump, we get that back to you.
1: Thanks, Jen. That's the that's a life in the trenches. <laughs> The guy who was killing them in the middle of the field, Jay Reed had no idea who he was. Big Ray, did you pay attention to the outside when you were when you were playing, or was it just strictly trenches for you? Nah, dude, I just
9: be if your if your number is lower than ninety something, <laughs> like I probably wasn't paying that much attention to you, especially if you're seventeen. Like I don't know about all that, but uh, but no, I think uh, I think he kind of nailed it though. Like you know, the, the pass rusher wasn't getting there; they needed to be better uh, with the in the passing game uh, because. Sometimes he was getting the ball out quick, but it was sometimes he's back to holding that thing. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I, I think, you know, I was really surprised that the pass rusher wasn't more successful.
1: All right, we're good. Hey, uh, Moyer. So Jay Reed said he got held, and he was – can I say that word he said? He had said the P word. He was very mad, Moyer. <laughs> he was very mad. Upset. Um, That's the life in the trenches, though, right there. You know, things are going to happen. They're not going to be called. And I think he did a good job. Seems like keeping his cool about the situation. But on the positive note, it's nice to see someone who was just added to this team make an impact on the game.
3: Well, I mean, what's the positive was the running game on defense. Mm-hmm. We we forty rush. They rushed forty times for ninety two yards. And they there was that one run that we talked about earlier that popped that we misplayed. Uh, who was sitting on the edge there? And that was a perimeter run. That wasn't a, a mm-hmm. up the middle type of run. I mean, I'm, I was going through the stats because uh, Bobby we had 19 tackles, and I was like, "No gain, minus one, no gain, no gain, two, one." I mean, in the running game, so we were doing some really good mm-hmm. things there. Um, so we'll take that positive. It's, we've got to we got to take something away. <laughs> I, I, I believe, I truly believe, we're athletic enough. Uh, we match up well. We just got to get smart really quick, and, th- and that doesn't mean that we're dumb. I mean, we got to get really smart. And how we play, you know, pattern recognitions. When to jump things. I'm looking at the Rams. Just a few highlights. Man, they're jumping our short stuff. I mean, they're it's quick, right? So they're recognizing it right from the get go, and that's just experience. Um, Yeah, we'll make a huge leap next week. We got a tough game, but we'll make a huge leap in the pass game next week on defense.
10: What I loved about you know our defensive line, and, and you know, speaking specifically about Jay Reed and him having some frustrations. I think the great thing is if he was frustrated out there. You, none of us could tell, you know, it wasn't like he was doing anything outlandish on the sideline. It wasn't like he was doing anything extra on the field. So true sign of a a, a poised football player and a leader, you know, for our team. And we talked about the couple runs that, that, you know, that popped for the Rams. You know, I thought, you know, really those were, you know, on the edge, right? But it didn't happen consistently. You know, I thought like the rebound of our front seven is really, um, you know, a highlight for us, you know, like. It felt like last season. Once teams got going, they kept going. You know, we couldn't find a way to like get our feet in the dirt and 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 you know and you know bow up and get a stop. But today it was like, okay, boom, they may pop a good run or whatever, but it wasn't happening consistently. Consistently, what would happen is we found our way to bounce back. And so, you know, I think it's a huge indication of you know kind of things to come, right? You've seen our defense kind of bounce back in this game, and you know, I think that uh, that's something that
1: we can do. You know heading into next week and throughout the season b i'm going to come to you right after this we're going to go down back to the locker room jim Mueller standing by with jordan brooks
13: jordan i know that this is not the outcome you wanted for week one but for you to be back on the field how special were those first moments today
14: it's special um just to be out there with the guys um like you said not the outcome that we wanted but it was great to be out there um, very humbling and just grateful to be out there so i think. uh
13: not only you, but to have Bobby next to you—is that chemistry almost just like riding a bike and picking up where you left off?
14: Yeah, absolutely. Like having a guy like that next to me makes my job ten times easier, you know. And, and the communication part of it is, is the, probably the biggest part. And so I don't know how many tackles he had. He had, probably he had hundred tackles a day, but um, I just you know appreciate playing next to him. And um, we'll get over this one and, um, and bounce back.
13: Look, when it looks when you look at the final numbers, let's talk about the run defense first. What did you like about the way guys were turning the the play back inside?
14: I thought we played, I thought we played pretty good uh, versus the run today. Um, had some few mistakes there at the end as far as penalties, but I thought for the most part that we played sound uh, with the front seven.
13: So what happened in the second half? What did they change that you weren't anticipating?
14: We just couldn't get off the field on third down. Um, we let some explosive plays get out on us. Uh, which led to field goals. I think they only scored two touchdowns, but they got a bunch of field goals through field positioning. And so we just gotta clean some things up on defense for third down, and I think we'll be right where we need to be.
13: How much of that is to be expected week one, just trying to get back in the flow of things?
14: Um, I mean, when you standard is as high as is, is, is ours is, um, we didn't expect that. Uh, we expected to dominate today, but we didn't, so. Um, we're not going to ponder on it too much. We're going to watch the film. Everybody, you know, hold themselves accountable to what we could have did better in this game. And we'll bounce back.
13: Lastly, what do you take from this game looking ahead?
14: Um, I'm, like I said, I'm proud of the way that we defended the run. That was a big problem last year. And I, that was the big emphasis coming into this offseason. So um, I want to take that positive away from our defense. And um, we just need to clean up
1: third down and we'll be, we'll be fine.
13: All right, that is Jordan Brooks, who's grateful to be back on the field as we get that back to you, Bump.
1: Thanks, Jen. Uh, B. Waltman, I cut you off before you got to Jordan Brooks. What were your thoughts before that and after that interview?
4: No, it was just, uh, I was going to talk about this run game um, from the Rams and how, you know, we were, I was very impressed by the front seven, how they handled it, but you saw early, maybe the first drive or two a couple times the Rams were able to gash up the middle and, and get a nice gain and run the ball. And I think they had 30 yards in the first half or first half, first quarter of run, um, the running game. They had 30 yards. And that that's a big chunk of what they had the entire game. Considering the rest of the game, they started running it more because they had control of the clock and all that. So, the uh, 30 yards came, but most of them on the first two drives, and after that, everything was on the edges because, you know, Jaron Reed really he he did a great job clogging the middle, and they, he made the adjustment, and that's what I love to see about him. You could tell he he takes a lot of pride in that middle, and when that happened early, uh, the big gashes up the middle, that wasn't going to happen. He wasn't going to let that happen again. I really like how he responded, and uh, you know, everything else the Rams got was on the edges. I hope that rubs off on everybody else yeah. because they yeah, are man. going to need it. Hey, take
1: your game day to the next level with game day experiences. From pregame sideline passes to postgame field goal kicks, upgrade your game day and create unforgettable memories with friends and family. Visit Seahawks.com slash game day to learn more. When we return, we'll hear from DJ Dallas with Jen Mueller. That is next on the Seahawks Radio Network. Seahawks fall to the Rams 30 to 13 at home week one, but we got Jen standing by with DJ Dallas right now.
13: When you look at the opportunities that were in the first half, how much of that was just a feeling out process because it's week one? Uh, As far as just anything, just just getting the tempo of the game, just capitalizing on opportunities, just just kind of the yardage and and maybe some of the plays left out there.
11: Uh, I kind of look at it as still opportunity like this is really like the first time that everybody is together, so uh, it's going to take some time. We got next week to prepare for. So early in the game, it was a filling out process, but uh, we still had a lead and uh, just gotta finish. We're still maturing as a team.
13: What did the Rams' defense change in the second half?
11: I'm not really sure. Uh, I'll have to check the film out and see what they changed and. Um, get it fixed from there
13: certainly it's next man up but when you don't have Charles and you don't have Abe out there how much does that change just the feel of everything especially in the run game
11: uh like you said it's always next man up and um yeah those two guys are studs and you want them on the field all the time and you know we, we got other guys and it's, it's the NFL you got to be ready when your number's called
13: what do you take from this game
11: uh what do I take from this game? Just think we gotta learn how to finish. Last year we we played, you know, good Seahawks football. And I uh, think we got a flush last year. Flush last year because we're not gonna sneak up on anybody anymore. And um, yeah, I'm just ready for next week.
13: How confident are you that the things that need to be ironed out can happen in the course of a week?
11: Oh man, I, I, trust, I trust Coach Hurt, I trust Pete, I trust Shane. They'll come up with a game plan for next week, and the boys will be ready.
13: Lastly, the return of Bobby Wagner. How special was it to hear the fans respond to him?
11: Seattle loves Bobby. I love Bobby. <laughs> he makes he makes playing football fun. So, yeah, having Bobby back in Seattle was amazing. All
13: right, thanks. Bump, we'll get that back to you.
1: Thanks, Jen. That's a good interview by DJ, man. He um, sounds like he's keeping it in perspective. Right? He goes, look, you're not sneaking up on anybody anymore. And I think there was a little role reversal today. I think the Rams snuck up on the Seahawks. <laughs> I think the Seahawks looked at that um, that that depth chart, and obviously they respect. you got enough veterans in this league to where you know better than not to respect a team. And you have a history with this ball club to know you better respect the Rams. But I think the Rams might have snuck up on – some of the Seahawks and a lot of the fan base because before the 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 game started I think we all gave the Rams a respect and said look man Coop ain't there or Cooper Cup ain't there Uh, Matthew Stafford is there but there's something about this Rams team and Sean McVay to where they are going to play the Seahawks tough
10: well he's an excellent coach Um, so you have to give him credit for having his team prepared and ready to go you know obviously he's able to scheme up some stuff really well. Just real quick about DJ Dallas. I mean, just the maturity. He's a veteran now. You know, he's no longer this young player that we saw, uh, that we've seen in the locker room. You know, he's he's become a, a leader. I mean, He's the veteran of the group in the running back room now. They're, they're going to him, asking him questions and going to him for advice. And so uh, his perspective has certainly changed over the course of his uh, short career so far. But getting back to the Rams, I mean, and, and, and Sean McVay, Listen, we, we talked about how they flew under the radar all off season, you know, and, and, and haven't been talked about, and everybody's counting them out, and they're this transition year, you know. And whenever the Rams came up and said, man, you know, they, they remind me a lot of about the Seahawks from last season. Not really talked about, counted out, right, expecting to be some rebuilding team that wasn't really going to be able to compete, and boom, they win nine games, they're in the wild card. You know, so this is a Rams team, man, that when you when you have experience of, of winning in recent years and you still have those key players on your football team that are winning players, talking about Cooper Cup, Aaron Donald and 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 Matthew Stafford, that means you always have a chance. It means you always have a chance. And they displayed that tonight.
4: Yeah. Go ahead, right No, I
10: was
9: just gonna I mean, you know, when you think about you know, I just wanna say what the defense can take from this, right? I think they have dudes that can cover and they have dudes that can rush a quarterback. And so you can you you can do some things to to adjust that whether you're bringing, you know blitzes and things like that. But but they did like when you when you look at the running game, they did a phenomenal job, dude. Like Cam Akers had 22 carries of 29 yards. That's one point three yards to carry. (laughs) I know, like that is that's good stuff, and that was the thing we were worried about coming into this game. And I think last year Cam Akers ran the ball pretty well against against the Seahawks, so they did they did some good stuff there. But I do think that there may have been some uh, shock and awe a little bit for some of the young dudes, like because you came into this game thinking like, oh man, we're this team, we're this hype, we got all this talent, we're gonna. Then all of a sudden, you kind of it's the Mike Tyson thing, Mm. you know, everyone Mm. has a great plan to get hit in the mouth. You know what I'm saying, and so maybe hitting the mouth wasn't in the running game, but it was certainly in the passing game, you know what i'm saying they were, they were they were tearing up the middle of the field and didn't really have an answer for it or the adjustments didn't work but uh and so I think how how those young dudes respond to this is gonna be what the what the issue is, like you know whether it's the adjustments or just a respond mentally like and not be shell shocked like they starting to play apprehensive and things like that, you still want them to play aggressive with all their talent with all their skill with all their speed all that stuff, uh, but how they respond to the tell-the-truth Monday or the adjustments that they make, how they bring the mentality into the next game, I think it's going to be important.
4: I want to go back to uh, Coach McVeigh over there on the Rams side, and someone made this point earlier in the in the show uh, this morning. Maybe it was you, Paul, but, you know, McVeigh he knows what they have. He this wasn't shocking to them, mm-hmm. and you can tell. You know, he he had offers to go and be a be a broadcaster, right? Where he could have made more money. I think that's what you said earlier. Mm-hmm. And and he, he saw his team. He knew what he had. And, you know, if he was if he thought he didn't have something and he was going to go in and have a, a terrible season, there's no doubt in my right. mind he'd go do the broadcasting. So he was confident in this crew. So the, to from the Rams' perspective, this wasn't shocking to them, and and it is exactly like the Seahawks last year, you know, when they started rolling and and started beating some teams that no one thought they're like, what do you, what do you expect? We're good. We're a good team. This is what we had in mind. Who cares what the national media said? This is what we knew we were. So that's kind of to, to go on that point about how the Rams are kind of in the situation Seahawks were, you know, McVay will do a good job and you can never count them out.
3: I'm not shocked. The Rams offense. I, we were, we talked about in the pregame. I'm shocked. Our offense I'm more Mm. shocked about that than three Mm. yards or whatever and and 14 plays and five minutes of possession in the second half Mm -hmm. because I didn't think the Rams' defense, and I still don't think they're that good, um, I didn't think they would be able to shut us down. We're always worried about McVay's offense because they give you so many problems, especially with a young team. I mean, I was concerned uh, about that, that I think they had put up 450 and 200 and... 50-some yards, 60 yards in the second half and 20 minutes of possession? No. Um, But, you know, if they put up 20 – I think we all thought they'd score, you know, in the 20s or at -hmm. least probably half of us at that point – You know, the score 30 has a little shock, but that's, you know, again, you you get nothing, you know, from the offense in the second half. So I think going into next week is going to be interesting to see. Who do you think is going to play better next week, the offense or the defense? And last year, we would have said the offense every single game. And after today, I think the defense will make Huge strides. You're never as good or bad as you think you are, right? We will go watch that film. Where we go, wow, that throw. Oh, that, oh, that guy misplayed. that. If we'd have just done that, if we'd have just stopped him on that one, oh, we missed that tackle, we're going to go through that over and over. I think the Seahawks' defense will get much better. If we don't have both our tackles, but um, we don't have explosive plays, we, we got to get creative on offense. So I think they got, they've got, to me, a tougher task ahead of them next week than I think that our defense does.
1: I think we're going to look at that film and say, if if was a fifth,
3: yeah, I'd be on a
1: level right now. (laughs) Okay, all right. Coming up next, we'll give you our player of the game. That's next. Seahawks fall to the Rams. 30 to 13. (laughs) Seahawks lose the season opener. 30 to 13 to the Los Angeles Rams. Not what we expected to happen. But you know what? Things happen. It's only week one. Hey, the player of the game is powered by Kia Telluride X-Pro. Kia, official partner of the Seattle Seahawks. It's time to pick the player of the game. I know the score wasn't in our favor, but this is what we do. And somebody paid for it. So let's pick the (laughs) player of the game. Turbo, who you got? Oh, man, this is easy for me. B-Wags all the way. B-Wags. I mean, (laughs) when we
10: came to the podium, to the table here, to our show, and, you know, we're looking at the stats and we're looking at Bobby. 19 tackles and a tackle for loss. I just laughed. I just, I just sat here and I said, Gee, you got to be kidding me. Now. 19 tackles week one. You know what I'm saying? A, a, a tackle for loss. You know what the haters are going to say, it, though? It, it, what? It was five
1: yards down the field.
10: Man, six yards down the man, field. listen, man. He's getting to the ball. He's you know, he, it, 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 he's always around the football, no matter what. Doesn't it, 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 Whether it's five yards down the field, whether it's in the backfield, or it's at the line of scrimmage whether if it's a passing play, he's always around the football. He's just always in the right spots. Does he get beat on certain, you know, plays? Everybody gets beat. This is football. You know what I mean? You, you, you're going to get beat. You ain't never going to be perfect. But the fact that he's still playing at this level, you know, and and, and, and and you look at the stats, you're like, man, like Bobby making such an impact again. I just think it's amazing, man. So I'm going to ride with
1: B-Wags. All right, from B-Wags to b walt <laughs> what you got
4: man i mean that's uh i, I like that i, I like b wags um I'm, but i want to go maybe the offense and, and i'm not going to say he had an amazing game but i'm going to say it was really good to see him out there and and he performed he made some plays he showed his explosiveness and that's kenneth walker yeah right you know we yeah. were able to give him the ball and and uh, you you saw why he's so valuable to this offense i wish we could have given him the ball a little more but kind of fell behind so he only got 12 attempts um, but when you average over five yards a carry, uh, that's, uh, you know, it's good to have him back, and that groin looked good.
1: Yes, it did. Big Ray, that dude, 72. Well, that's
9: that's who I was going to go with, too, is Kenneth Walker, just because I think he, w- he would have been on his way to well over 100 yards rushing because uh, even if you take away his long run of 15 yards, he still <laughs> averaged about five yards a carry uh, or for maybe close to five yards a carry. With his 12 and 64, he's at 5.3. Uh, I think he adds that dimension to the um, – to the offense that um, that it needs. Maybe not the physicality, but the way he makes people miss. He can get to the edge. He bounced to the outside. He made some plays. And so, um, I don't know. I was just kind of leaning that way. As I looked at it, love what um, uh, Bobby Wagner did with the 19 tackles. Bobby just doing Bobby things. You uh, have to respect that, but I like Kenneth Walker. Okay, K-9
3: yeah I mean a game like this it's a hard one you're right because we just both sides <laughs> of the ball in the second half it was just <clears throat> not very good um, I, with you B. Walt I mean I thought Kenneth Walker I wish we had more opportunities I mean 12 carries 64 yards 5.3 yards per carry I mean, that's what you're you're hoping we get from him but I think just coming back I'll do the sentimental one uh, you know he had nine solo tackles you know and I but when I went back at first I was like well I didn't seem that impactful you know the, the tackles but then I started going well there's a zero. There's a minus one. I mean, I started looking at, because I do that a bunch. I don't care about tackles. If you make 20 tackles and they are 10 yards downfield, that's not productive to me. But when you make nine tackles at the line of scrimmage, that's pretty productive. So I'm going to tie this thing up with uh, Bobby Wagner.
1: I get to be the tiebreaker. I don't think I've ever been the tiebreaker. We got 19 tackles. (laughs) B. Weezy thinks K-9's growing, looks good. So I'm going to go with b man. I mean, welcome home, right? He got the loudest cheer running out the tunnel. You got to give it to 54. Say 12s, now is your chance to weigh in. Follow the Seahawks on Twitter and Instagram to vote for Kia's electric player of the game. When we come back, we will preview. Actually, let's do some legal stuff before we get out of here. Let's pause 10 seconds to give our network station a chance to identify themselves here on the Seattle Seahawks radio network. <laughs> Seahawks Steelers. football all season long on KIRO Seattle. KIRO
3: FM HD2 Tacoma, Seattle. Seahawks!
1: All right, when we return, we'll put a bow on this part of the show and preview the lines that is next on the Seahawks Radio Network.
2: Both play on drive, second down and nine. Charbonnet stays in the back, and here comes the blitz. Gino has time, throws it over the top. Mid-cap, touchdown Seahawks! The Rams blitz. They go to a man-to-man on DK Metcalf. Not a chance, baby. Geno Smith wafts it up over the top from 10 yards out. Metcalf has now tied. Daryl Turner for sixth place on the Seahawks' all-time receiving touchdowns list with 36, and they made it look easy.
1: The call of the game is brought to you by Beacon Plumbing. Stop freaking call Beacon. All right, we got to look at these Detroit Lions. They are the world beaters. They're the hottest team in the NFL after week one. No one thought they could do it on Thursday Night Football, yet they go to Kansas City and take down the defending champions and spoiled their night. They beat them 21-20. to 20. Jared Goff was 22-35, 253-1. Touchdown, they rushed for 118 yards as a squad picked off Pat Mahomes, yes, Chris Jones wasn't there. Travis Kelsey wasn't there. But we know what the Detroit Lions are. And uh, it's going to be a tough game next week, right?
9: Yeah, I think so. And I'll be honest with you. Like, I was on the uh, um, this committee when they were uh, hiring Dan Campbell with the Detroit Lions. And they wanted us to kind of, our former players, to talk about what they needed for, the, for that organization. And so this idea around toughness that matches the city of Detroit. And so when Dan Campbell first came on, when the press conference, all the stuff he was saying, I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. But like, how is this going to translate to the team? Well, the team absolutely has taken on his bite your kneecaps mentality. And they've taken on this toughness of the, the city of Detroit, along with them having a much better roster and better players. It's going to be a tough out for the Seahawks. And uh, so physically, they're going to have to bring it from that perspective. Like you can't have after next week, them saying they outplayed us because if you say that they're going to be beat the hell up because Detroit, plays hard that way you know what i'm saying so they're gonna have to come with the physicality and with the execution to beat this team
10: mm-hmm. and the toughness i mean they're a lunch pail team <laughs> with blue collar you know whatever <laughs> example or metaphor that you want to use uh they don't care about the flashiness they don't care about the the, the lamborghinis or the ferraris okay they pulling up in ford trucks okay and that's what maybe that's why it's ford field over there i don't know <laughs> so, <laughs> obviously the owner, right but you know obviously listen this is a hard-nosed football team team out to prove something they're out to prove that last year at the end the second half of the season wasn't a a fluke they're out to prove that they belong in the conversation with the best teams in the nfc the best teams you know in the nfl and that's how they approach each and every game when they have an opportunity to line up out there
3: yeah, look, it's an asterisk from last week. They can't sit it in Heather Fulte. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you <laughs> <dare>. <laughs> but, but, look, we played or er, Detroit last year. Man, that was a barn burner down there. Mm. And uh, we got to thank them for beating uh, Green Bay at the end of the year to get us into or help us get us into the playoffs. It, it's going to be a battle. Uh, you know, I'm looking at what they have. We should be able to move the ball on them. I mean, they don't have great pass rush. They have some guys, but I think they had—I don't even know if they had a sack last week. Um, on the flip side, um, Kansas City only got to Goff once, and so you know you start looking at that. It was always with Detroit. Is it Goff? Is he—you know—is he good enough? Well, guess what? He's good enough, and uh, it's going to be—it can be a really difficult game.
10: Real quick, you know, one of the key matchups now against Detroit, we talk about what are we going to have a tackle? Aiden Hutchinson now, he's a a growing player. And, you know, last week against the Chiefs, didn't record any sacks, but you watch the tape, and he's constantly in the backfield. He's
3: an energy guy. Yeah,
10: he's constantly in the backfield, like disrupting things, in the pocket, run game. And so that's going to be a critical matchup, okay, as we prepare for this team. To see how you know what kind of help we're going to be able to give our tackles, so we can execute offensively.
4: Yeah, Aiden Hutchinson was the runner-up for defensive rookie of the year behind uh, Sauce Gardner out there in New York. So that'll be a huge matchup. The other thing, you know, Jared Goff's playing the best football of his career. I mean, he's gone 359 attempts. I thought the stat was was amazing without throwing interceptions. Mm. So to get the ball from him is going to be a battle. I think it's third in the NFL uh, history, uh, and as far as that goes. And then. We talk about uh, stopping the running game. You know, they, the Seahawks had their first big test today. They did great, but, man, it doesn't get any easier. Mm-hmm. You, know, you have David Montgomery coming and Jameer Gibbs, the rookie, who's electric. You saw him with a few runs uh, mm-hmm. of the game Thursday night, and, man, he looks flashy. So it doesn't get any easier, and these Lions are, are, are for real. They have some, some playmakers. So, you know, hopefully, uh, hopefully the Seahawks can, can end that streak with uh, Jared Goff and get themselves a turnover.
1: Hey, it's been a while since he's thrown a pick, but uh, T. Wu, 27, got him last time. We were uh, at Detroit, so let's hope that goes down again. Hey, today's final score, Rams 30, Seahawks 13. You've been listening to the Seahawks Radio Network. I'd like to thank the people who make our broadcast possible. Scoreboards from Curtis Rogers. Production assistant is Chauncey Sanders. Studio coordinators Brady Robick and Max Strobel. Pre-game engineers Brenner Rogers. On-site engineer Zach Davies. Executive producer of the Seahawks Radio Network is Nasa Chobie. The Seahawks hit the road to take on Jared Goff and the Detroit Lions next Sunday. Pre-game coverage begins at 8 a.m. on the Seahawks Radio Network. For our Seattle stations, we have another hour of Hawk Talk. But if you are leaving us, thanks for listening. For Paul Moyer, Ray Roberts, Robert Turbin, and Brian Walters, I'm Michael Bumba. Seahawks fall to the Rams 30-13. This is this Hawk Talk postgame,
3: a joint presentation of Cairo News Radio 973 FM and Seattle Sports. Brought to you by
13: Muckle Shoot Casino, Top Fitness, and your local carrier heating and air conditioning dealer.
1: Welcome to Hawk Talk. The Hawks fall to the Rams 30 to 13 week one at home. Not what you want to see from your team, and it was rough for this offense and defense in the second half. The offense only produces five yards of offense. The defense could not get off the field as the Rams had 70 plus plays, 78 plays to the Seahawks. 46 plays. At one point, they went 5 for 5 on one drive on third downs. They finished the game, talking about the Rams, 11 for 17 on third downs. The Hawks were 2 for 9. Gino only throws for 112 yards, 16 to 26, one touchdown on the ground. The Seahawks rushed for 85 yards. Kenneth Walker did average 5.3 with 12 carries and 64 yards. Defensively, Bobby Wagner leads all tacklers with 19. Jordan Brooks right behind him with 12. He had a Chennawosu who had a couple TF. And um, no quarter, only two quarterback hits for this defense. That's uh, surprising to me. Only two quarterback hits and no sacks. When I looked at this defense, I thought for sure. I go, oh, look, well you might have to adjust when it comes to stopping the run. You might get gashed to or there. They rushed the ball 40-something times, only get 90 yards. But then I was thinking, all right, well, with all the talent you have on the edge with Derek Hall, with Boye Mafe, with Uchenna, with DT, I just knew this team was going to have more sacks. Turbo, just seemed like they could never really get going. Little spurts of where you felt like they could get going, but couldn't really finish it.
10: Yeah, couldn't put pressure on Matthew Stafford on a consistent basis and you know it, it it's crazy because the question mark for the rams was their offensive line going into this going to this football game really the talk really if there was any talk about the rams throughout the offseason it was about like hey you know matthew stafford's coming back from an injury are they going to be able to protect him because the offensive line is they got some new faces on there they dealt with some injuries uh you know along that offensive line and yeah, they felt like they could be exploited in some ways, but uh, give them credit, man. I mean, they, they came into this game. They held their own against some really good pass rushers. At least I feel like we have some really good pass rushers, and they were able to keep Matthew Stafford upright.
9: Yeah, I would I would say um, for on the flip side of that is that our offensive line did a pretty good job protecting Geno for the most part. The sacks came late when the two tackles had gone out, and – uh, there was a couple stunts that the that the Rams defensive line ran that got a sack. Even Aaron Donald, I think, uh, was Paul was saying that uh, Evan Brown was his, you know, he had to pick him to be the key hawk because he wanted to see how he was going to be able to control Aaron Donald. And for the most part, you know, Aaron Donald didn't really pop up on the screen until the until the very end. He may have done some disruptive stuff and didn't get a stat. But for the most part, I thought they played really well against him, and, and we pass protected really well. We just could not generate anything in the second half. But uh, but the the – Another good thing was Kenneth Walker rushing the football. You know, 12 carries for 64 yards, 5.3 yards carry, and he looked like uh, he's going to pick up where he left off last year. So there are some good things you can take from from this from this game. Uh, like I said, the one thing that was really hard to hear was a player saying that they were that the other team wanted it more, or played harder, or something like that. I don't know if that's exactly how they wanted to characterize that, but if that's what they have to say to kind of get them motivated, that's cool. But uh, but yeah, I look forward to seeing what how they you know how the team. Especially
4: the young guys respond next week. You know, one thing that, a couple of things actually that stood out to me was the importance of Charles Cross. Um, you know, first half I was watching some highlights here, and every every play, you know, the DK touch every. I mean, Charles Cross is is dominating the line of scrimmage. You know, he is a good football player and when he goes out I'm not it's no coincidence that you know the offense stalls a little bit this, this kid is an important part of this offense and, and so her having him uh, go out was a was a very big loss but what it also allowed it, uh, it allowed the Rams to start jumping some of these shorter routes you know the Seahawks they, they like that quick game Gino likes to get the ball out and early in the game Gino was getting the ball out he was hitting these uh you know little five yard passes and getting first downs but as you know in the second half that wasn't there the rams started jumping everything and and whether it was you know, they knew that they could get to Geno if, you know, he took big dropbacks and to take shots. They just, the Seahawks didn't take shots. And so it didn't really put the pressure on the Rams' secondary. So they started jumping in these short routes and it just couldn't get anything uh, going offensively. So it was the tail of two halves. I thought the first half, you know, the Seahawks did everything that I thought they were going to pull away. I really did. I, the way it was moving, you know, DK mentioned it in his uh, post game interview, you know, they only, uh, they didn't punt once in the first half. Um, and and they scored every single possession. So things were – I would never have guessed the turnaround that happened between the first and second half, and, you know, that's football for you. And and, and hats off to uh, the Rams making the adjustments they needed.
3: Yeah. I, I gotta watch the film. I, I really, man, I'm, I'm, I I can't wait to go home and see what they did. You know, were they playing cover two? It was just, and again, what we had a couple of years ago, where they tapped the deep stuff away, and we weren't, you know, taking advantage of things. Um, you know, uh, defensively, were they maximum protecting? You know, why? Was, why? That's why we weren't getting it. Because again, I didn't think it was quick game by them necessarily. Right? There was certainly a lot of uh, crossing routes. And, you know, the Rams historically have said, oh, we're keeping seven, eight guys in, and we're going to run these deep routes on one side of the field. And, you know, it's been a bit of a Keeley's heel for us in the past. I just want to see what they were doing. Did we make adjustments? Is it really – does it feel – does it look as bad as it feels Mm -hmm. right now? Because to me it just feels bad because the second half was – I mean, we had the lead at halftime, guys. We had more time of possession. We had more. I think we had more yards. It was the, the almost the exact same amount of yards. It was 168 to 167 or, you know, something around there. The second half, it just it feels horrible right now. And so, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes again, you start going, Oh, we got to fix everything. No, we just got to have guys make plays. Oh, you know what? If you're in the run game, you actually got to play the run, not be in a deep third. You know, just, you know, little things like that. It's a couple of stops here and there. And again, also now it's 30 to 30. Is it thirty to thirteen? Yep. I, I, I still can't believe that score. Yeah, and then either. it's the Rams. It's the Rams. It's yeah. a game that you just absolutely thought you were going to win. They're a team that's rebuilding uh, along the way. We've got Detroit, and uh, I think we got Carolina after the Giants. And look, it could be worse, guys. We could be the Giants. They lo- I'm watching them against the Rams this is this is atrocious they're horrible or, or the Cowboys are really good one, one of the two the could Giants. have been the
10: Bengals today the
3: Bengals too and you know what and, and do, you, do you guys not think the Bengals are going to bounce back
10: exactly and oh, they yeah. got
3: what oh, yeah. you exactly. know we just we live it here we're the we're the Hawks right. we're the 12s and you know my, you know tomorrow's going to be horrible
1: apparently you're supposed to fire everybody if you look at the text yeah. line, so. <laughs> I'm
3: not I'm not reading them right now <laughs> it's been too tough a week i don't need that
4: I want to follow up with you, Moir, on that. Uh, one quick stat, and then I'll go to you, Bump. That uh, So first half, this, this is crazy to me. I've never seen anything like this. First half, the Seahawks had 15 minutes and 30 seconds time of possession. Yeah. Second half, they had five minutes. I know. Time, five out of 30 minutes 14, in the second half, 14 they had the ball. Plays. That is absurd to me. I mean, I've never seen anything like that. Not, so. not,
3: not that big of a, you know, you're playing pretty well. We we, we did a halftime. I mean, we felt pretty good i mean i felt like we should have had a bigger lead right you know we we didn't score on some opportunities we talked about that flea flicker you know we can argue whether that should have been a touchdown or not but it shouldn't have, it should have been at the very least a big play we missed on that one um we get to miss the the field goal i yeah. just you know we we should have been up probably 20 to 7 or some something around there at, at half and feeling good and boy that was a quick turn
1: if it was a fifth paul if if was a fifth <laughs> Let's go to Julian Love. He's standing by with Jim now.
13: Julian, it was your first time playing in front of the 12s in a regular season game. Were they as loud as you expected?
0: Yeah, you know they were plenty loud. Uh, they have our back, and uh, yeah, I really liked playing for them.
13: You heard how much they loved Bobby Wagner in the opening intros. Seeing him get that reaction, what does that mean as a teammate?
0: I mean, it's <laughs> deservedly so. That guy's a future Hall of Famer, and. You know, it's fun to witness and now, you know, I'm excited to build with him going forward.
13: Now, when you look at the game and the numbers, what surprises you most about the defense and the performance today?
0: I don't know about surprises. I think we just got to execute better on third down. Um, I think we had them. Our first down numbers were pretty solid. Then um, get back on track and third down. We just got to execute way better. Um, so that's the staying point that is going forward.
13: The fact that they were able to get so many yards in the air, what does that say, though, about the yards they could not get on the ground?
0: Yeah, I mean, we had a plan to stop the run, and I think we did a solid job at that. Um, And now it's just, you know, tighten up our coverage, and that's on us as a secondary. We just got to build on that.
13: People are going to look at some of those numbers and say that's too much of a gap to overcome in a week, though. What would you say if you're saying it's really just some third down plays and playing alongside each other? is it too much
0: no i think in the entirety entire history of the nfl the biggest improvement from teams is from week one to two and so we're looking to continue that trend and just improves you know a lot week two we're learning each other we're learning how each other operates the system um, and so i expect us to make a jump
13: Kuka Nakua is a local product or at least for a while I played at u what makes him challenging as a wide receiver uh he was effective you know I think Stafford put him in good
0: situations. Uh, he made some tough catches, and yeah, I mean, uh, he's, a, he's a, they had some young studs on that team, and so, yeah.
13: You've been around the game for a while. What's the message you're gonna give guys when you get back to work tomorrow? Just
0: be accountable. You know, all of us, I think we had plays we, we had back. Everyone has a couple. Um, we own that, we build on it, and we move forward. You know, this week can't linger into
13: next week, and so, just we gotta turn the page. Especially when the next opponent is the Detroit Lions coming off a big win bump as we get that back to you.
1: Thanks, Jen. That was Julian Love. Um, unfortunately, we couldn't get him a win with his uh, on his debut as a Seahawk. But as always, next week when we return, we will give you a highlight recap. That's next on your home for the Seahawks, Seattle Sports 710 and Cairo News Radio 97.3 FM. This is this
3: hot Talk Postgame, a joint presentation of Cairo News Radio 97.3 FM and Seattle Sports... Welcome back to
1: Hog Talk. I'm Michael Bombus with Ray Roberts, Paul Moyer, Brian Walters, and Robert Turbin. It is now time for our unsung hero. Somebody who's not getting some love, probably should get some love. It's uh it's thin out there, fellas. Mm. It's then <laughs> out there.
3: <laughs> well, actually, there might be a lot of unsung heroes right now, right? <laughs> like a bunch of guys that I guarantee we go watch of film. We're going to say, oh, "That guy, he did his job. Yeah. You play. know, he, he he played pretty well." And mm-hmm. you know, I'll start with this one. Go you know, for it, Moyer. Because I know Turbo hasn't put any thought into it. He <laughs> needs some extra time. Um, <laughs> you know that Turbo is why we created this. I think we created. It. I think you're right.
9: Because you remember the Tariq Woolen thing. <laughs> yeah, that's how he. I like the way he bounced back. Yeah, I was like the player to
10: the... play the game. Yeah, yeah.
9: yeah.
3: Uh, I to start with my, my Keyhawk guy it was, was Evan Brown. I, I, I watched him the first half. I didn't watch a ton in the second half, but let me tell you what he, um, he does a lot of really good things. Uh, one is he sees stunts immediately, and he is fantastic. Of not just coming off, uh, waiting for the stunt to, to come back to him. He actually pushes his guy in a way that allows the guard to pick that up, too. And then he was sitting there, and he takes guys right down the middle, and if they get on an edge, he, he, he's able to push them through. Um, I, I, was, I was impressed with him. Uh, so he's my unsung hero today.
10: I mean, Aaron Donald... Half, only had a half a sack yeah you
3: know yeah. Well,
9: i'm gonna go with my my, my guy uh uh maffe because he had a quietly good game like he did a good job setting the edge uh he made a couple i think he had a tackle for loss uh he was around the quarterback he didn't get a you know the hit or the sack that that he, that i would like for him to get but i think that um uh, it's kind of like when you see the the storm clouds in the distance and you're like man it, it's gonna start raining sooner or later and i think that's maffe like his okay. his stats are going to start like, raining in poetic. It's, like, yes it, it is. You know, you know you know that's why? what I do. And that's then what then I do. When you said it I
1: looked it. over there and, and was then. like <laughs> <laughs> it's a cloud over there.
9: <laughs> yeah, but that's that's my I fate of me though. You, his, <laughs> it's gonna when he starts playing well, it's, gonna, it's rain. gonna come in bunches. It's gonna rain. Yeah. It's gonna he's gonna rain <laughs> in on some folks.
1: <laughs> I feel like I my kids, it, right before they go to sleep, they get all loopy and stuff. <laughs> That's how I feel about this game. Just want to get it over. Here. I like that Ray. You painted the picture for me, man. I like it. Who we got? Is on me? Yeah, it's on you.
10: Turbo. <laughs> I'm going with the 12s, baby.
1: Woo! <laughs> Goodness gracious. You're going with 65,000 people, huh?
10: (laughs) 65,000 unsung heroes. (laughs) Go DJ, that's my DJ. All right. You know what he does? No. He always (laughs) finds a way. I'm going to tell you. Tell me. He always finds a way to spark our team. Special teams, it could be a big hit on punt. Mm -hmm. It could be. Uh, you know, a, a big play on offense, a screen play, or, or catch out of the backfield. Today, it was a kickoff return. Right when our team needed, it was a nice kickoff return. Right when our team needed, like, some juice. You know what I'm saying? And DJ, just he's always bringing that juice. And for me, he's the unsung hero today.
4: 34 yards in that return. Big return. I, I knew I should have jumped in in front of you. That was my guy right there, DJ. A couple uh a couple of big returns. But I'll go I'll go a different direction here, and I'm going to go with a guy. I don't know if we've talked about him a lot, but, man, he's a, he's a star player for this team. But coming off that ACL, and he, he came back, he had 12 tackles today. That was, the other, today. Oh, that was the other guy I was thinking about. Uh, Jordan Brooks, I mean, yeah. 12 tackles. He didn't play the whole game. You know, he, you could tell he was on a little pitch count. Uh, Devin Bush came in a few series and, and would give him a little rest. So, But he came in, and, and, I mean, him and Bobby in the middle, it was great. He had 12 tackles, four solo, and uh, it was just good to see him out there and get back and – and uh, hopefully no setbacks with the knee.
3: That's a great call. He did. I, he, I thought he played well. Yeah. I mean, he, yeah. he looked a bit like Jordan of last year. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he looked fast. I didn't see any uh, limping or anything or favoring the leg. Right. You know, he's right. a strong guy. So, yeah, that's, that's a good call.
1: My unsung hero, they tried to replace this man. They drafted a guy to replace him. They brought a guy over from New York to replace him. And he still played a lot. That's Kobe Bryant, man. He had nine tackles, one QB hit. I'm sure he made some mistakes in the secondary because everybody made mistakes in the secondary. But the fact that he was still out there and they mm-hmm. literally tried to replace this dude, we'll see what it's like when Devin Witherspoon gets back. I'm going to go with Kobe Bryant. All right. When we return, we're going to preview the Lions and we're going to give you reasons to be optimistic. It's week one, folks. Okay. That's coming up next on your home for the Seahawks, Seattle Sports 710 and Cairo News Radio 973
3: FM. This is, is Hawk Talk Postgame, a joint presentation of Cairo News Radio 973 973- FM and Seattle Sp-
1: You are listening to Hawk Talk. This is the last segment of this this show. Honestly, guys, I'm ready to get this show over with so we can start looking forward to something else. And that's what we're going to do right now. Okay, actually, let's start off with reasons to be optimistic and then we'll end with, a, with a, uh, looking forward to the Detroit Lions. So I'll give one reason to be optimistic, all right? My reason... To be optimistic, is I don't think there are gonna be too many games where Gino only throws for barely over 100 yards. I think there's too much talent on the outside. I think DK will get going, lock it, you got the tight ends, you got JSN. I just think there's too much around him to repeat this performance. And you I'm telling you guys, I'm looking at these text lines. People are really texting in. This is the real Gino. Fire him. I go, the real Gino played 18, 19 games last year through for a dang near 70% completion rate and over 30 touchdowns. So it's going to take one game for you to jump ship. I, I, I'm going to tell you to go ahead and donate your jersey, your 12 man jersey, to somebody who really cares about the team. If it takes one game for you to talk about Gino like that. So that's, I'm optimistic because I feel like there's too much talent for Gino to have barely over 100 yards.
4: Speedwall. What am I optimistic about? Well, a couple things. One, the secondary. I am. I think this is a, such a talented crew, uh, and, and we see uh, Stafford, you know, throw for 300-some yards on them, but that, that's just – I think that's a fluke, and, and I think they're going to – and not all of it's on them, to be honest with you, right? You know, a lot of that was scheming gaming and, and stuff, but I think we're going to see the secondary in Jared Goff's streak uh, next week where he's going to throw an interception. So I can't wait for that. Um, but those guys, uh, I think they'll step up, they'll step up, make some big plays. Um, and, and that's something to look for, uh, be optimistic about also something I'm going to go on the injury front. That's optimistic when Pete talked about, I'm not, it sounded like the tackle, the injuries to the tackles weren't as bad as it could have been. So, so hopefully we get those guys back and that would be a huge, huge boost for this offense.
9: Yeah, I'm riding with you on that. I I think the, the the things I'm optimistic about is that we defended the run well and we ran the ball well, mm-hmm. and uh and like and just like I was gonna say what you just said, Brian. Um, you know, Abe has had this knee thing, you know, even in training camp, and so it, it isn't like he injured himself and needs to have surgery. It's more like maybe like a chronic kind of a thing. And then, I I would have to think that Charles will probably bounce back from a maybe a sprain, toe and maybe it's not too bad. But uh, I I do think that they pass protect well in the first half until the tackles went down the pass protection was well uh they just kind of lost their rhythm in the second half and so I, I i don't think that the second half is the indicator as to who the seahawks offense is i think more the first half is and then uh i i expected this the the pass defense to get better based on the pass rush and the coverage mm-hmm.
10: you know Kenneth walker has really gotten better
13: mm-hmm.
10: yeah he he, he he doesn't rush anymore he, he doesn't Second-guess himself anymore when he gets the ball. You you can tell that the game is slowed down for him. Uh, you know he 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 plays with so much more poise now as a runner, and uh, you know obviously he's so explosive. So once he see it, boom, he's gone. Uh, but that's something to be optimistic about. You know the, the, this run game is going to continue to build. I feel like this is a championship team, um, and and part of that is be was 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 really going to be on the shoulders of. Was this run game going to be able to not only repeat the success it had last season, but build on that and be even better this year? And I thought we saw some signs of that today.
3: Yeah, I mean, look, there's a lot to be optimistic about. One is, look, Pete, off a loss like that we're coming off of is historically prepared this team and they have bounced back. So that, that's one. Two. I think I'd be optimistic is this was not, particularly on defense, lack of personnel and talent. This was, to me, a lack of awareness. Mm-hmm. And so to me, you get great opportunity to learn and get better. I, I'm i optimistic because you're never as good or as bad as you think you are. This was a weird second half. I mean, I, somebody, you were talking about the, the, the tweets out there, uh, Bump, what, his first half on Gino or his second half? I mean, they, they didn't have an opportunity the second half. They had 14 plays. You know, we had three That's yards. That's crazy. You know I mean it's just the uh, third down we'll get better That's scheme to it to an extent Stafford played well sometimes you got to give them credit because they played they mm. really had a good game plan that's to me awareness so there's a lot to be optimistic about because I believe the talent is there and we're young and we're going to keep getting better I, w- I wish we had a won this game just because it sets us up so well next week's critical I mean we you know 0 oh and two you know the, the statistics making the playoffs is is tough and probably not as tough as it used to be because we got seventeen games now, so probably change a little and bit statistically. Seven
10: teams that make the playoffs now.
3: So. Yeah, so statistically, you probably have a better chance. And then we got Carolina and the Giants, um, Arizona. I mean, you know, the, the schedule is favorable. So next week's a, a critical game. So there's a lot to be optimistic about. It was just a, it's just one of the worst halves we've we've played in a long time for a good team. So uh, the talents there, they'll bounce.
1: All right, next week, you mentioned the Detroit Lions. You got Jared Goff and one of the hottest teams in the league right now. Um, the Hawks got to travel over to Detroit last time they were there. Won that game, right? Yeah, they won that oh, game. Yeah. T. Wu had a pick uh, six. High-scoring game, um, too. Yeah, it was a shootout. So um, I don't think I want to see a shootout. I just want to see a clean, efficient football game on both sides of the ball.
9: Yeah, I, I would say, too, like if you just look at Detroit's offense, it's, it's not like they, want, they beat the uh, Chiefs, but it's not like they had – staggering numbers, you know what I'm saying? Like, Jared Goff passed for 253 yards, the running back ran for 74 yards, but he only averaged three and a half yards a carry. And then on defense, they had some quarterback hits, but they didn't have any sacks. So, uh, so the thing that the Seattle, Seattle will have to match is just the toughness of this team. That They're, they're, they're kind of like some of the Seattle teams have passed. Like, you don't win the first, you don't win the second, you don't win the third, you win the fourth quarter. And so they kind of have that same mentality. So matching that will be important.
4: I think the uh, I think the Chiefs really uh, just killed themselves against the Lions. You know, I, I don't know if the Lions' defense is as good as what was portrayed on Thursday night because I mean, you look at the the interception for a touchdown. You know, it was a, a flat out drop right into the, the Brian Branch's hands, the the new rookie DB for the Lions, and and uh, they had drops all over the place, and, and that's what the the news was about, and. So I think there's some weaknesses in this defense that the Hawks will be able to um, capitalize on. And, you know, it's not all – yeah, and the the Chiefs didn't even have their guys. So it's just a tough game to really base on, on, you know, who the Lions really are. So I think coming in, this is going to be – um, I think it's a team that the uh, the Seahawks can really really get after offensively. I think they have more weapons. I think they shake this one off and they and they come back strong, as we saw last year. What, what could happen, right, with the shootout? So um, I'm I'm looking forward to that. Um, again, it comes down. It's going to come down to stopping the run. Um, we'll probably say that every week, and I hope they keep doing it just like today, because. Uh, the Lions have some some playmakers at running back. They want to give the ball the veteran David Montgomery and Jameer uh, Gibbs, the the rookie.
3: Here's another reason to be optimistic. Uh, well, hopefully we get Weathers, Witherspoon back next yeah. week. Right. Jamal Adams, when's it, when's he coming?
1: Moyer. You know what I'm saying? You said you don't want to depend on rookies.
3: Well, in the pregame I, and now you're saying to. No, here's where I think Witherspoon though really helps us. So to me, it's in the middle of the field as a playmaker, reading the quarterback. Uh, you know that So
1: you're thinking nickel.
3: Yeah, some nickel and it gives a chance for other guys to to bump out. Look, I think Michael Jackson kind of settled things down a little bit. That one catch that they they got on him or the throw, he had great coverage. That was that was just a imperfect throw. You can't defend that. So um yeah, you know, well, things will start to work. Out. I didn't love the, all the alternating in the secondary. It's hard yeah. to get in a flow yeah. that way, yeah. and there's pressure on that, too, because if you have a bad play or two, you're, you'd think about it too much because you're going, oh, I'm only going to be in for, you know, three or four plays here. So, there, yeah, you know, just throwing that out there, Jamal Adams and Witherspoon.
1: All right, well, let's pause 10 seconds to give our Seattle stations a chance to identify themselves here on Hawk Talk.
3: Seahawks football all season long on KIRO Seattle. KIRO FM HD2 Tacoma, Seattle.
5: Seahawks!
3: All
1: right, that'll do it. Rams 30, Seahawks 13. You've been listening to Hawk Talk on Seattle Sports 710 and Cairo News Radio 97.3 FM. I'd like to thank the people who make our broadcast possible. Scoreboards by Curtis Rogers. Production assistant is Chauncey Sanders. Studio coordinators, Brady Robick and Max Stroubel. Pre-game engineer is Brenner Rogers. On-site engineers is Zach Davies. Executive producer of the Seahawks Radio Network is Nas Choby. The Seahawks hit the road to take on Jared Goff and the Detroit Lions. Pre-game coverage begins at 7 a.m. on our Seattle station. For Paul Moyer, Ray Roberts, Robert Turbin, and Brian Walters, I'm Michael Bumpus. Seahawks Blues 30-13.